Ohio Police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk radio program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. We are, many of us these days, of course, understandably concerned about the coronavirus and how it's affecting, well, all our lives in the world, in America, in our community. But today we're going to talk with one of my good friends and political mentor, Andrea Miller, about how coronavirus could affect our elections in November 2020. So first of all, let me introduce Andrea Miller again. She is the executive director of People Demanding Action, a multi-issue advocacy group, a nonprofit that promotes clean energy in Virginia and nationwide. Andrea is a former congressional candidate, a fierce advocate of solar energy, climate justice, and fair voting practices, reclaiming our vote, and organizing for justice, all of which make her eminently qualified to talk about What are we going to do in the age of coronavirus to vote and elect officials in November 2020? During the 2017 and 2018 elections, she designed and deployed virtual phone banks for outreach to underrepresented voters in Virginia, Alabama, and Pennsylvania. She's recently been in Texas. We'll talk to her about that as well, perhaps. Believing strongly that our ability to vote is our power to change things, Andrea Miller is very much involved with fulfilling the mission of the Center for Common Ground and the Virginia Poor People's Campaign. So welcome back, Andrea Miller, to the Reasonable Voices radio program. How are you at this busy, crazy time? I am just fine, Marcello. Thank you. Thank you. Always a delight to join you. I'm so glad you're here. There are a lot of things I, I've been wondering about, and I I'm, know I'm, I'm not alone. The recent primary elections proved that obviously the coronavirus is affecting parts of the country, and not just with the illness, but with the fear of the illness. So let's talk about that. So despite, we have a lot of happy talk from some places, you know, but despite all that, uh, do you expect or that the coronavirus will affect America's November 2020 elections? And if so, how? Well, let's move forward a lot 
and that many states have not even had their primary elections. Virginia, for instance, only had the presidential primary. The congressional primaries are scheduled for June. Mm-hmm. And there are many states. Georgia was due to have their presidential primary on March 24th. They moved it back to May 12th. Mm-hmm. There is not really any indication that things are truly going to be better on May 12th. Mm-hmm. Because remember, we don't have adequate test kits. Very few people in Virginia have been tested. Our numbers are still going up. Mm-hmm. And until we are able to properly isolate people and do all the things we need to do, our numbers are not going to begin to go down. And if the numbers are still going up or remaining flat, that will definitely impact the elections. If we are still under orders to never have more than 10 people gather at any one place, how on earth are we going to vote? Exactly. How does that work? Well, that is the question. And I know you and I have talked about this before, but I guess it becomes even more of an issue, keeping in mind that each state controls the elections within that state, even if they are elections for national offices. Tell us about the differences and the similarities of absentee voting and voting by mail. Well, for instance, in the state of Texas, which in some ways is similar to Virginia, you really need an excuse to vote absentee by mail. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, absentee voting simply means very basically that you are not going to be voting probably on election day. Mm -hmm. Now, in some states, it might mean that you have been mailed a ballot and on election day, you're going to turn that ballot in in person, but you've had the ballot for possibly a couple of weeks. You've really been able to study it, and you've been able to research it. So that's what it means in some states. Now, in other states, like Virginia, where we predominantly most people think of absentee voting as we are going to just hop over to the state board of elections to vote and we're going to vote in person, that generally means unless we've made it a point of getting a sample ballot from the board of elections website or somewhere else, we may not really have had an opportunity to study who and what we're voting for. And then right now, for the primary anyway, Virginia requires an excuse to vote absentee. Are you disabled? Are you older? Are you going to be out of town? 
during the time when there's an election. There are about 10 approved excuses. Are you going to be working at the polls on election day? Mm -hmm. So you can use any of those excuses, and then that will allow you to say, I want to vote absentee. I see. Okay. And then some people vote absentee by mail, where, again, their ballot is mailed to them, and normally they mail it back. Okay, so that's absentee voting, and in some places like Virginia and Texas, you need a, a reason that is acceptable to the state. What's the difference between that and voting by mail? Well, on vote by mail, for instance, Georgia has vote by mail, and any voter that could normally walk into a polling location and vote can switch to vote by mail. However, it is only good for one election. So if they were to say, I want to vote by mail, say in the 2020 election, when 2022 came around, they would have to say, and I want to vote by mail in this election. Mm-hmm. But Anybody who is a registered voter in Georgia can choose to vote by mail. Now, you're going to love this. They can return their absentee ballot by mail. They can email it. They can fax it. Or Georgia has early voting. They can go and drop it off during early voting. Uh, Okay. All right. That is a very flexible plan or flexible state. <laughs> then you have Texas. Now, we don't normally think of Texas as being all that progressive or flexible, but they have or they require an excuse. You need to be 65 years old or older, hmm. be disabled, you're going to be out of your county on election day or the early voting period, or you are in jail, but otherwise eligible to vote. Ah, I see. Okay, all right. (laughs) And then you have the great state of Arizona, Mm -hmm. where Arizona has permanent early voting. So they're going to mail you a ballot at every election, and then you fill out your ballot, and you can mail it, you can drop it off during early voting, um, whatever it is that you want. So when we look at vote by mail, different states have very, very, very different rules. And then you have a state like North Carolina, where they say any registered voter is qualified uh, to vote by mail. However, only the voter, a member of the voter's immediate family, or a legal guardian may request an absentee ballot. And you're like, what? It's like anybody can do it, but they legally limit who can ask for that ballot on behalf 
of a voter. Isn't that uh, interesting? Uh, yes, I, I'm trying to figure out what is it they're trying to accomplish by that. I'm trying to come up with a good... A, a good uh, well, 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 well they, I do understand why and how they arrived at this conclusion. Okay. Remember in 2019, North Carolina had to redo a congressional election. Yes. And it was because of absentee ballots. So in my mind, they went way, 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 mm. way, way too far off the deep end trying to resolve a problem that occurred. Yes. It was someone was harvesting absentee ballots, and they only turned in the ones where they liked the way people voted. Gotcha. So it's one thing to say we are going to control who can actually turn them in and how they're turned in, it's a whole other thing to say that we are going to legally limit who can ask for them. Now, why is that important? Imagine older rural voters who don't have computers yes. and who don't know how to request an absentee ballot. So it stops organizations like mine from contacting the voter asking if they like an absentee ballot, and then sending it to them. Okay, well that takes me to my next question, which does not surprise me, because you often do that. As, as in, within many things in our United States of America, there are people who are people in society, members of uh, the American citizenry, who are always kind of edged out and pushed to the, to the side in many things that happen in our electoral system and other areas as well, the entire political system. So I'm wondering, with now that we've added the burden of coronavirus and social distancing out of necessity, how disproportionately will those without computer tech savvy or without a computer at all or access to the Internet, how will they be further disenfranchised during November 2020, do you think? So we, we, we have a petition 
sign the petition to your state election officials, vote by mail must be available to all voters. Because this is a global pandemic, we haven't been here before in most of our lifetimes. I think our last pandemic was in the early 1900s. And so the thing with vote by mail, it makes it possible for seniors, families who work, the disabled and young voters who may be going to college, it makes it possible for them to vote by mail. And now remember, we vote in November. So for Northern states and occasionally even Virginia, it's possible we can have a really, really bad weather in November yes. that can prevent people that are in wheelchairs, people that are on walkers, people who are disabled, or if we had a major snowfall, a lot of people from actually making it to the polls. All right. I know we have to go to a break, but I wanted to get in one more thing to make certain I... Well, let's do this. This I know you can tell us quickly. How do we get to this petition you're speaking of? How do we sign it? I presume there's a way to do that online or social media, but that still, of course, would leave out people who don't have computers. But how how do those who have computers sign this petition? Well, the petition will be on our website, centerforcommonground.org. And when you go to that, there'll be a link it'll be on the side of the website and it will say sign the nationwide vote by mail petition so that's obviously where it is and you can click on it and you can sign it excellent all right we're going to take a short break as usual we are delighted to have andrea miller and her political savvy a true champion for voter registration for voting equality for so many things that help all the people all of the time. Let's put it that way. We'll be right back with Andrea Miller, the Executive Director of People Demanding Action. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. When we first saw the best exotic Marigold Hotel, we were surrounded by a sea of blue hair. Not punk dye job blue, but the natural old age gray kind. And boy, did they love this story. Seven elderly Brits succumb to promotions of affordable luxury retirement living in India. Predictably, upon arrival, their accommodations offer less than the luxury depicted, setting the stage for a rich tableau of reaction, story, and experience. This film features prime British acting royalty. Dame Judi Dench, Dame Maggie Smith, Bill Nye, and Tom Wilkinson, to name a few. Not everyone may recognize these names, but suffice it to say that their mastery in the art of character would make utterly fascinating their reading of a dictionary. And they have been given a wonderfully sensitive and comedic story to complement their considerable talents. Sure, the storyline of aging, hope, disappointment, staying positive, and facing death turns out older viewers. So, not about the young? Of course it is. Time marches forward and all can thoroughly enjoy contemplation of what is current for some and future for the rest. Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. 
Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. My guest today, Andrea Miller, the Executive Director of People Demanding Action, working for justice and equality in all of our, especially at this time of year, electoral and political processes. The election in 2020 will be impacted by the coronavirus in all likelihood. We're talking about that. But one thing Andrea mentioned to me in break, you wanted to make a point about the June primary? Yes. Well, and and, and here's my point, that since the governor of Virginia has closed all the schools mm-hmm. for the rest of the school year, that means that schools and so many people vote in schools yes. are not normally going to be open. The other issue as well, and I mentioned this earlier, health-wise, are we still in outbreak mode? Very strong probability we will be. We still won't be able to gather more than 10 people together. So we really are going to have to take a very strong look at nationally how we manage elections, as well as what states do to manage their elections. Because as we saw with the March 17th primary, one state said we're going to postpone it, three other states went ahead with the primary and had significantly lower voter turnout than they would normally expect mainly because in a presidential year, there are going to be a lot of voters who turn out who want to vote for their choice. This is my choice for president in the November election. Mm. So a lot of voters in those three three states probably feel very short-changed that they didn't have an opportunity to vote for the presidential candidate of their choice. So, both because a primary was not held and three were held, is that what you're saying? The primary that was not held is postponed. Yes. So, there will be an opportunity to vote later on. Remember, Ohio postponed yes. their primary. Okay. But those who did hold it with the under the circumstances with coronavirus, smaller turnout means that a lot of people didn't get a chance to express their their choice. Right, right, right. And and now remember, in the U.S., the really, really dependable voting population yes, seniors. is unfortunately seniors yes. who are most susceptible to the coronavirus. Yes. Although we are finding out that the young aren't as immune to it as they think, but I hear what you're saying. I wonder, since we're speaking of seniors, and how do you propose, you and your team, propose to be sort of a bridge between the gap between uh, seniors and their state secretary of state? And, and remind us all that, you know, the your state secretary of state is the one who who finalizes the voting results, and how do you help seniors to register as well as to vote? How, do, how does that work? Well, when we're looking at vote 
by now. One of the technologies that we are devising and we look at can we develop a technology that can be used by seniors, which means it has to work on a basic telephone. And at the same time, we are always asking, are we developing a technology that will be used by young people? So remember, seniors use the phone and they talk on it. Young people use their mobile devices mm. and they generally text on it. They yes. don't really talk on their mobile phones. Mm. They text on them. So what we've been building are things that we call voice text bots. Bot as in robot. Mm -hmm. So a senior will have a phone number. They can call that number and the bot will ask for their name, their address, their city, their state, their zip. And it is, I'd like to vote by mail application, please. It records their information. We then have an operator call them back, verify that the information that we have is correct because it's actually transcribed for us. We want to make sure we've got the spelling of their name and their address, that that is all correct. And then in a state like Texas, where the Secretary of State provides a website, we merely put that information in the website, and then the Secretary of State will mail by regular U.S. postage mail to the voter. And in that package will be a stamped envelope addressed to the registrar. So all the voter has to do is read it. Yep, everything's correct. Sign it, put it in the envelope, and get it in their mailbox. That's it. That is all the voter is required to do. And then we do make it available for young people as well. They can text. So maybe... They have a grandparent who would really like to get an absentee ballot. So they could go on the website themselves and order it. But again, they're younger. They prefer texting. Oh, I can text to this number. Great. Let me text to this number and I'll put in their name, their address, their city, their state, their zip code. And that will put it out there or our operators who support vote by mail to order it and then have it sent to the voter. I love the way Texas has made this work. They've designed it mainly because they expect older voters are going to need this. They've designed it so that someone may order that vote by mail ballot on behalf of an older voter or maybe a voter that doesn't have internet. You know, mom wants to vote by mail. I'll go on the website, order it, have the ballot sent to her house. Excellent. The last half of how this works is quite clear. Getting it to the Secretary of State and, and that being mailed, a ballot being mailed, and it's already addressed to go back to the Secretary of State, all of that is quite clear to me. But let's go back to the, the bot part. Prior to that... Uh, uh, okay, the bot is simply a 
phone number that people can call or text from. I see. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So give me a moment. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. That bot is new. We invented that bot this week. Okay. Brand okay. new. So you are talking about leading edge technology. Yes. <laughs> I believe you. Yes. So, uh, so isn't that fun that to just be with leading edge technology? And All right. Here's, here's the number. And you can use this number in any state where you will be able to vote absentee by mail. The number is 202-318-7538. And one more time. Thank you. That phone number is 202-318-7538. Excellent. Well, this is, uh, it's, it's, well, you know, I too, I don't want to take away too much time from what you're talking about, but I too have uh, had to go through, I've directed recently a number of videos, and for the first time in my career, the editor was sitting in the studio about 20 miles from me, and we had it all set up so that I could see his laptop and what he was doing and tell him where to make cuts and edits and move scenes around. So... You know, it's, uh, I'm not claiming it's a silver lining, but certainly to survive, and I don't mean just from coronavirus, I mean to survive and thrive, we must either learn new things or have some young people around to help us when we need them. How about that? Uh, yes, that is very, very true. Or there's actually the third thing, and that is have older people who understand the needs of older people and younger people, but also have the ability to design and build technology that meets those needs. Yeah. Yes, people like you, that's for sure. Heaven knows I won't tell any of those stories about how, how you had to walk me through so many things technically so I could do what I needed to do. In any case... But, but, but look at you now. That... Yes, and thank you for saying that, because it's true. I mean, as I said, I just I just edited remotely all of these videos we just did just by going by the numbers, putting it in, telling him what to, I mean, it was it's amazing. So if you if you adopt the attitude of I love learning new things, it's fun. You will find that when you do, it is fun and you accomplish so much more and you are less likely to be left out of important things like voting. Okay. All right. You've gone through the ex acceptable excuses for absentee voting. That was a question of mine. But can you give us sort of a, a ballpark count of how many states require an acceptable excuse and for absentee voting? I know you've mentioned Virginia, but are there others that can share with us for people listening? Well, there are 28 states that allow no excuse absentee voting for any voter who chooses to vote absentee by mail or bring the ballot and vote in person. So that means all the other states, that is 22 yes. states, do require some form of excuse. Now, Virginia, our laws will change in July. 
And in July, Virginia becomes the 29th state that allows no excuse absentee voting. So what's going to be interesting in Virginia is our June primary, what do we do? Will we be by executive order, no excuse absentee voting, or will we be, um, we have to have an excuse, but will they allow COVID-19 to be a valid excuse? I've got major health concerns. I'm from one of those vulnerable populations. I am over the age of 60, and I've got breathing conditions or lung conditions. Mm. Yes. I hear we that. don't right now in Virginia. You know, back to the the new bot system you've created. I love this. First of all, while it is primarily helping the seniors, it, it helps any voter of any age. Will it also help in registering to vote? No. Okay. No, no. This bot is specifically for vote by mail. Voter registration has entirely different laws and rules. Voter registration is something that people must do themselves. It's very similar to voting. You don't get to vote on behalf of another person. When we're talking about absentee ballot, all we're doing is saying, okay, here, we are going to arrange to have the form sent to you. So theoretically, I suppose we could build one for voter registration where we would send a voter a blank form Mm. and then they would fill it out and they would send it back. Okay. Well, I think the point is, however, that you've made throughout this is that we all need to think ahead. I know, I understand, believe me, I do the fear and concerns about coronavirus itself. That's understandable. But we must also at the same time think beyond that because at one point coronavirus will, we will be beyond that. But I think we need to be thinking about how do we put new systems in place to help all the people for various things that might come up in the future, not just the obvious election days, but other things as well. What are your thoughts, Andrea? Are we Is there anyone out there besides you and your various organizations that's helping us to think beyond the coronavirus? Well, my background is actually in emergency management, one part of my background. Yes. And as anyone who's ever been in emergency management will tell you, the time to develop plans for an emergency is when there is no emergency. Yes. That way, when the emergency occurs, all you need to do is pull out your plan and execute your plan. We have never had a comprehensive emergency plan for what to do with voting during a pandemic. So we are working very hard to come up with systems and means and plans that will help support people through the whole process. So I 
and reimagine what it would take to register voters if we no longer have people knocking on doors or standing in front of Walmart going, hey, are you registered to vote? Would you like to register to vote? Mm. That we come up with other ways so that people can do what they need to do. So, frankly, there may be other organizations that are thinking about it. What's unique about our organization is we not only have the ability to plan a technological solution, we also have the ability to build the technology. All right, then please tell us and remind us again the name of your organization, the website, and how we get in touch and learn more from it and you. The organization where we do all of our voting work is Center for Common Ground. And our website is centerforcommonground.org. And our mission is to empower underrepresented voters. Mm. Now, the petition will be on that website. So if you want to sign the petition saying vote by mail should be available to any citizen in any state who wants to do that, then that petition will be on the website. We are more of an action company, so we don't really put very much of anything on our website. We're kind of too busy doing to spend a lot of time talking about what we're doing. I love it. I love it. But I do hope you're going to come back and talk to us, especially through the summer, because things are not finished changing for us. Americans, uh, and I speak lovingly, are used to conveniences and are used to things doing it the way we always did it. And so when we were hit with something like this, especially if we're not, hypothetically, not being led by people who have a grasp on a reality of what's happening, then we have to roll up our sleeves and do it ourselves. So people like you and your organization and a number of organizations, People Demanding Action, the Poor People's Campaign, they're all about helping people who are sometimes forgotten or set aside or thought of last or have a polluting uh, system of some sort put in their neighborhood because their neighborhood is felt less important. Andrea Miller, our guest today, is always there on the front line, online, with her knowledge of politics, her knowledge of campaigns, voting, uh, registration, uh, electoral process, uh, emergency management. That's why we have her on the show so often and why we're so fortunate to have her on the show. Thank you so much, Andrea Miller, for being on the show. And let's commit to whenever we need, you know, you have something new you think we need to know and vice versa. Whenever I have a question, I'll give you a call and we'll try to have you back on the show, okay? Thank you, Marcello. I love doing your show because you have such great Maybe because there's a lot I'm still learning. Thank you so much, Andrea. All the best to what you're doing for all the people for whom you're doing it, okay? Thank you. Bye now. Bye. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Indie film distribution today doesn't leave a ton of room for experimentation, but once in a while, a film comes along that is so strange yet so grippingly interesting, you can't help but keep watching just to see what happens. 
Andrew Bachowski's Computer Chess is one of those rare films. Set in 1980 and shot on old-fashioned black-and-white video to recreate what amateur footage from the era would look like, the film follows an ensemble of characters at a computer chess tournament. The film's weaving storylines involve a young nerd's questioning of his mentors and subsequent sexual awakening, a hotshot programmer's fall from grace, a chess grandmaster running at the tournament who seems perpetually surprised to see a female programmer at the proceedings, and rumors about the tournament and the brilliant minds who designed the chess software being watched by the Pentagon, trying to glean candidates for their next project. It's hard to pin down what makes computer chess so fascinating. It is humorous, hypnotic, and unconventional, an example of the kind of film never found in the multiplex. But with luck in your pocket, a gem uncovered at a film fest, or through the indie film minute that leaves your film horizons expanded. Computer chess, not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Find us on the web at indiefilmminute.com. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Death by President. Whether or not Edward R. Morrow warned, never knowingly put an untruth on air. Absent reliable presidential leadership in a world racing with time itself, clenched to its accelerating heart from an ever-increasing tsunami of coronavirus, we need the truth and nothing but the truth, not the high and mighty utterances from a fake messiah mesmerizing masses whose press conference dishonesty portends for global economies, governments, and human life chaos and. Unnecessary demise. Time we choose how we shall allow the age of Trumps and COVID-19 to define us. Shall we be card-carrying members of a nonsensical, rambling me-first commander, endorsing himself as sole oversight without oversight for five billion dollars? Or is our gold standard the forty thousand professional RNs, doctors, PAs, nurse practitioners, and anesthetists? respiratory therapists, LPNs, many coming out of retirement, and medical students volunteering their lives to be America's frontline safety net to, like Protestant medical missionaries, heal the sick. Are we now warriors in grocery stores crossing the aisle to fight over toilet paper and purposely sneeze on produce? Or shall we choose to emulate overworked stock clerks restocking shelves raped by hoarders to soothe the worried suddenly unemployed rather than emotionally obsessing the stock market into a stomach-churning experience for those determined to climb over the weakened by pandemic ignorance and leave behind our elderly including World War II veterans or shall we stand tall like cashiers at checkout front line feeling fear but risking their lives so our families can survive Will we operate hotlines or cower in silence? Will we retarget our military proficiency in war to give structure to the needy and facilitate construction that feeds houses and provides hospital beds for the sick and protections for the healers honoring their Hippocratic oath? Who better for a command performance in our war with COVID-19 than those who'd never allow bone spurs to keep them from putting themselves in harm's way, so that we? Are safe from all harm.
Not Wall Street, K Street, Publix, or Wendy's CEOs, nor boardroom directors, but those like the Immaculate Workers and delivery truck drivers are our coast-to-coast highway through COVID-19. Months before the global attack on humankind by the coronavirus, a gold rush of warnings were not prospected by the self-proclaimed Chosen One, nor his acting administration. Perhaps because, for the unwise, even tens of thousands of words fail to penetrate. Yet, there exists among us consequences more devastatingly dangerous than those who have ears but choose not to hear. Yet, choosing to know and understand the facts is the beginning of our journey beyond immediate threats and Faustus solutions. We must envision, plan, and choose what we are to be on the other side of fear, panic, and hoarding. Since October 2019, I've been especially busy working in New York City and Washington, D.C., developing two new theater projects in NYC, connecting me with Tony Award-winning producer Ken Davenport, in D.C., directing several on-camera projects, but hearing Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson tested positive for coronavirus, writing, podcast producing, and voiceover work became new priority in my home office studio. Nineteen years after the unlearned lessons of 9-11, we are again globally inducted into a man-made war. But unlike world wars, the level of political self-deception, party denial, and the spreading of contagious misinformation are allied with this new viral enemy. So, let us also heed lessons from 2008 and tell cruise lines, bankers like Goldman Sachs, whose response after inflicting the Great Recession on us, abort we the people with, we're too big to fail. Remind Boeing and all flying high on forgotten graves of 737 MAX, those who float atop are no more vital than those who board every day to serve. Yet without rancor or recrimination, let us recognize the tentacles of our own failure to listen to the voices of hungry schoolchildren, U.S. evicted scientific reason, and governors deserted by national power. Then euphonize forever our indifference. Unlike America's new champion of reason, New York Governor Cuomo, I didn't know Terrence McNally. Just an occasional hallway nod and smile as we passed each other at Manhattan Theatre Club in October 1994. Yet, when I was informed of his death, I was devastated. Reading later that COVID-19 was the cause, I was livid. Not at the virus, but at a president who both eliminated America's Global Health Council, logical spear tip against pandemics, and continues to impede the free flow of medical and scientific truth to save lives. Putting re-election and Wall Street CEO manipulation of Easter before human life, you are done, Mr. Trump. Get thee behind us, and depart from us in the wake of destruction you have wrought on Homeland Security. May God have mercy on the reckless Trump, because the survivors of COVID-19 probably won't. Thank you. And join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the Donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.